0: This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big Question, how can I cope on Mother's Day without Mum? Now, Bigger Questions is usually recorded before a live audience, but the social restrictions because of coronavirus has made it impossible for us to gather a live audience. But we can still manage to explore some big questions today via some remote interviewing technology, which we're using. We're asking today's big question to Clayton Bellen. Clayton is the chief operating officer at Positive Media and hosts the popular In Conversation show broadcast on 89.9 The Light in Melbourne. He's been working in radio for over 15 years and has reputed to have interviewed over 1,700 people. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Clayton Biel to Bigger Questions. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Rob. I feel like I should like clap because there's only two of us here and you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it's great to be here and I, I absolutely love Bigger Questions and uh, you know, so it's a thrill to be on it.
0: Oh, that's terrific. Well, that's great because I must admit I'm feeling a little bit of pressure because you've spent years interviewing people. You've racked up over 1,700 interviews. I'm only at about 10% or so of that with bigger questions. So I'm feeling the pressure of a good interview here. So um, is it hard though to be not to be critical of other interview shows that you're watching or listening uh, to?
1: Look, look, it is at sometimes, especially when I think they get to a question where they haven't thought through or they they've not actually listened to what the person said and then they just repeat the exact thing because they're just going off their list of questions. Um, yeah. So, so those moments I get pretty antsy, and sometimes I just have to, you know, turn off the television or turn off the, the the radio or something that I'm listening to because it's just no
0: point. Right. Okay. Yeah. You don't turn off bigger questions too often, though, do you? When no, that happens, never do. Never do. <laughs> oh, that's very good. So, do you ever get bored of having trying to have conversations with so many people? I, I don't. I'm I'm one of those guys that when you go
1: to the supermarket. Um, like I'm going to get into a long five to 10 minute conversation with the checkout chick like that. I'm sort of just naturally built like that. So I'm constantly fascinated by people. I'm constantly fascinated by um, that moment of uh, trying to understand something different about them that, might inspire me. Um, And also I actually have, and this isn't necessarily about the interviewing, this is more about life, but have that desire of, of, as I learn about people, maybe is there something I can give them to encourage them through the day or help them through the day? So I have to know a bit about them before I can actually do that as well. So Mm. uh, there's this sort of this inbuilt fascination for me that everyone's story is a unique, but um, we're all made because of that uniqueness with a a specific story that might just relate to someone else. And so I want to dig that Mm. up
0: so hence it's a it's a conversation then
1: yeah it really is yeah
0: you're getting something out and giving something at the same time
1: it it completely right the best piece of advice i was ever given was um by somebody who said to me when you're interviewing somebody if a white rabbit jumps up follow it um Mm. because you know sometimes it might take you to the pot of gold other times it might just run down a burrow well okay you go back to your set questions and where it is but you just never know you might end up with some just fantastic uh material but it requires listening. It requires actually being in the middle of that conversation. It really is a conversation rather than just a straight interview.
0: Mm. Now, we are living in some troubled times at the moment with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, how have you been coping?
1: um look it's been i think like many people I, you know i've been working out of home and so uh, even been broadcasting out of home as well which yep. is quite a unique experience so you know for us the, the kids have loved not having to get up and get to school that's been wonderful yep. but uh the school's been a bit of a, a challenge for for us and our family and there's um you know a lot of been a lot of pressure in terms of how do we get all this done? How does it all work? Um, How do I do my job? How does my wife still do her job at the same time all out of here? So we haven't really had the stir crazy aspect of having to get out. That's not been something for us. It's just been the, how do we actually get through all of this? And we're in incredibly fortunate situations that both my wife and I have um, still got jobs. And so we're certainly not complaining in any way there, but the, the pressure for us has been just how do we get keep getting through life and, and sort of keep that fresh?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing about that, Clayton. And one of the other potential challenges for you this year is Mother's Day, where we celebrate and honour the mothers in our lives. Now, you've got a story to share about that, but before we think about that, do you think it's appropriate that we have a day to honour mothers like this?
1: Look, I, I think it is. I think the reason is that mums tend to be i think probably taken for granted and and there's there's a good and the bad of that right there's a good part of that i think probably most mums would want to be taken for granted in one sense that they know that they're dependably there for their family and for their kids Mm. so in that sense i think mums you know tend to be pretty proud of that and and just to be fair here we're talking about mums who are are great at being mums and we understand that there's some mums that aren't great at being mums and, and i'm not sort of talking about that side of things but So I think there's that part. And then I think the flip is that because we do take them for granted, because they're always dependably there, to actually take a moment to stop and say, hey, let's actually just pour a bit of love on mum is a valuable one. And I know certainly for me as I was growing up in a household of boys and mum being the only female, um, it was a special moment. It was a very special moment for her, for for us to just, you know, dote on her a bit as we went forward. So uh, growing up for for us, it was a very important part.
0: So what sort of things did you used to do then to dote
1: on your mum? Look, it was just the, the normal sort of things. I think, you know, it was the presents. It was the making the breakfast. It was the cards. It was the, just the moments to have her as the focus. Um, she was mm. really, really good at making us the focus always. And so, you know, she was known as, you know, she looking after the, me and my brother, and that sort of thing, and and my dad was a pharmacist in a, a you know a, a small sort of suburb here in Melbourne, and so she was always known as the chemist's wife, and mm. so so she never had her own sort of space. She was either the mum of the boys who were doing this stuff, or it's the chemist's wife, and so for us, I think it was actually a moment. to to say, hey, not just who you are, Mum, but your identity is really valuable. Um, Mm. So for us, it was lots of words, lots of time with her. That was the love language sort of stuff for her, quality time words, of affirmation. So so that was what we did a
0: lot. Did she appreciate that on Mother's Day?
1: She did. She she really did. Um, And she always loved it when we made things, especially when we were kids. There's a famous story of... Uh, Me and my brother making toast and um, a a glass of milk, I think it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when you know that was all lovely and nice, but then when mum and dad got up after you know having breakfast in bed that we'd made them there for it, that uh, as mum came down the stairs, there was a drop of milk on every single stair as as she went down. (laughs) That we were there, so I think she she loved that. And and for mum, it was really much about. Um, family was just it for her. And, and yeah. you know, it was so so any moment to just stop and be together, whether it was about her or not, she didn't care. She just reveled in it.
0: Mm. So she wasn't perhaps necessarily so enthusiastic about getting the toast or the milk or the presents, but it was just more the people that had brought it to her and time to spend with those people.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think uh, um, uh, she knew it, never would have said it like this, but I think an honouring of her a moment to do that, was something really special for her that that mm. she did get honored just a moment for that I think was something she did revel in, but she wanted to put it like that. It was just sure uh, that, yeah. that, sort of, that sort of joy
0: now Clayton today's big question is about Mother's Day, but this is a particularly challenging mother's Day for you for this is the first Mother's Day where you don't actually have your mum with you to celebrate so can you maybe share us a bit about the journey for the last twelve months or so? what's happened?
1: yeah um look it was uh, mum uh, might have to go back a bit further than that um it was about 5 or 6 years ago where mum got breast cancer and um and at that time it was you know no one had ever had cancer in our family which is you know it's quite rare i suppose for most families not to have really anyone who who'd who'd had cancer and so um she she got through that had to have a mastectomy and um and you know there was a whole lot of things that occurred for her in that time it was um quite horrendous it actually um, mm but at that point it was we we're just going to get through this and we did yeah so we then you know we sort of got back to normal life and you know five years later and we now last june um and she had just gone in for um to to get a knee replacement actually and right. uh, she went she'd just done some general tests for it and she went went to just do the final checks with the surgeon before they put her in in a few weeks time and and the surgeon so this wasn't go, anything
0: this wasn't connected to cancer or anything this was just a, a, a just completely flat. separate
1: Correct. Five years on from cancer, nothing to do with it. Um, she's now just having this knee up, and and she goes in, and they say to her, "Oh, now, by the way, do you know we asked for why we asked for this other test?" She said, "Oh no, you know, they'd asked for a zoo-in test beforehand." I said, "Oh yeah, we've just seen something, and we've checked, and and your cancers come back, but it's not just come back; it's come back everywhere. It was lymph nodes, it was um, in the breast again, it was, um, and it even started in the liver. Um, and Goodness. so, so." it was it was really quite serious all all of a sudden so from absolutely nothing and she'd even had a a, a cancer check just a couple months before and there was nothing there so this had come really aggressively um and so sort of went from that moment to we weren't quite sure what was happening for the next little while and they couldn't tell us how long um it was going to be um and and so you know, she was still dealing with this bad knee and the, the knee was horrendous and as we went through the journey, we discovered that she'd actually had a broken leg and we don't know how long she'd been walking around on a broken leg either. Oh, goodness me. Um, and so um, the the sort of the, the, the journey ended up being a journey of just around three months. Um, yeah. And and we didn't know until probably those last few weeks that it was going to be that. it. it we sort of knew quite early that it was going to be now a, a journey of months to maybe years um, yeah. and, and just as things kept happening and happening and happening, um, we just got, you know, it got shorter and shorter and shorter until eventually we, we, we were told, look, it's, it's just, um, got so bad that, um, there's just weeks to go. And, and mm-hmm. sure enough, that was, it was just about three weeks to go from there. And, and she passed on um, September the 7th last year.
0: Wow. So that's three months from when you went in for a knee operation yep. to then, uh, To passing away, like that's that's a bewildering speed in some sense.
1: Yeah, it it is, and um, and I think there's an aspect that um, certainly as there's others who have they're gone in a moment. Yeah. Um, and yet, so I, I'm grateful for that time that we did have, but yeah. it was, it also felt awfully quick. And and especially in those, I can't remember exactly how many weeks it was. It was something like 13 or 14 weeks. And she actually only spent about a week and a half, or might've been two weeks out of hospital. So that whole time because of, they did still put her through for the knee surgery because at that stage, they didn't know it was only going to be three months. They thought it might've been a couple of years. Um, but by going in for the knee surgery, she had to come off some of the chemo which was holding at bay the cancer. Mm. Um, and then there was complications with that. And so then the cancer spread faster. And so, you know, in, in the end, she, she didn't actually even get out of a chair for 13 weeks either. She wasn't really able to apart from hobbling around a little bit. So it, it became this sort of journey that was quite, um, as much as it was quick and fast, it was always hard as well. Yeah. Um, she, she was in pain all the time, um, yeah. even though the cancer wasn't actually causing her pain. It was the knee that was causing pain. It, she, was, she wasn't she was able to do anything. You, you couldn't have those moments where you said, well, I, we know this is coming to an end, but what do you want to do? Well, I, I love going to the beach. Well, we, we couldn't go down to the beach yeah. then. Um, we couldn't do those sorts of things. So, so yeah, it was, it was a really interesting and frustrating and, um, you know, and I say interesting, obviously, not in a, a fun way.
0: But, um, no, no, Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging yeah. yeah. So did you think through the, the final weeks there that you grew closer to your mum?
1: I, I would say probably no. We didn't especially grow closer because um, we were already incredibly close. Mm. So it, it wasn't something that grew closer. It was we just made sure we spent the time together. Mm. So um, one of the things I'd said very early on, and, and I meant it even to the point of well i'll quit the job if that's the case because someone had said to me don't you'll never regret the time you spend mm. um and, and there was a lot of um internal pressure as in within myself to yeah. go especially when you didn't know how long oh, should i not should i be at work should i be with mum should i you know what, what should you do you don't know um um but i i really was determined to spend the time with mum that i needed to spend with mum and so um when, when those last few weeks came I, I just took off all work and i just spent every Day with her, um, mm. and that was something really special uh, and special to be a part of, um, and, and and I suppose it was one way that we were closer. I um I I'd, as much as I've done radio for years and years and years, and I've certainly had all my interviews up online and those sorts of things. I never yeah. actually actually done a podcast series. I just had audio yeah. online, and um and so I'd I'd thought about it with mum, and and she had this sort of a she's a very spiritual lady, very. Are very connected in her and discerning in her faith and so years before she'd had a vision she felt like she was standing in front of a whole crowd of, of women almost like in a stadium and it never happened and i was thinking about this and i was thinking about doing a podcast and i thought i wonder if she'd do a podcast with me of from being diagnosed with incurable cancer which was the word they gave her to actually passing and it would be a mother mm-hmm. and son's journey and so it was only a couple of days after she got diagnosed i said hey mama I want to talk to you about this podcast idea. I chatted to her. She said, yes. And I said, oh, I actually came out of this vision that you said. And she's like, I can't believe that. I haven't thought of that vision for years. But as soon as you started talking, that's what I thought about. <laughs> wow, and there so, you go. So, so we did that. And so I've got 10 plus hours of recordings of us uh, over the course of the weeks. And her voice gets worse and it's very hard to edit. And I've got to tell you that. But but um, so in that sense, we got closer. And in that sense, mm. we had have a purpose even still today. To share this journey, to help other people, and when we put this out, the aim is mum for mum was to help people who were going through cancer and at the same time to share her faith about Jesus mm. that she trusted mm. Jesus no matter what so uh, there's there's still a connection that both of us have, I feel mm. that's still happening
0: so that's a very special moment then
1: it really was and 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 it's something that I still hold. Um, very dear, I, it's not finished. The, the editing and the processing and all that is is not like quite a normal radio one. Like I, I need no, to, no, no. I, I need to go and listen and edit it and 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 all those things in different ways. But um, for me, it, it that still is occurring and it, it's still mm. a, a close part of it.
0: Now you mentioned that she did have a faith and that she was a, a Christian believer. Um, there is a verse in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul, which some have described as the one of the sublimest and greatest statements ever made. Uh, the apostle paul's in chains in prison perhaps contemplating his own death and in philippians 1 21, he writes for to me to live is christ and to die is gain now apparently you and your mom spent a long time thinking and reflecting and pondering this verse so what was it that struck you about it
1: as much as she was a very godly woman um she she didn't want to die um she hmm. she uh you know a lot of people who have a faith often are like i'm ready to go and i'm I'm yeah. ready to go and meet Jesus. She didn't. She didn't. Well, that's want one of the. Yeah.
0: That's one of the criticisms of the Christian faith. Some people think, well, if you're a Christian and then, well, well, this life doesn't mean anything, and there's no point in living. You may as well just go and die, and then that's the end. But, but that wasn't quite the experience of your mum.
1: No, no, complete opposite, and and didn't change until all the way to the very end either. Um, so that that mm-hmm. never changed for for her. She wanted to keep living. She wanted to mm-hmm. spend the time with the grandkids and with the kids, and 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 um. So for her, that was it. And um, and I asked her actually, and we. In that podcast and and that was one of the positives of the podcast i was able to ask her anything too because it was covered by this podcast so i could ask a lot of questions and one of the things i asked her was uh, are you scared of death and Mm. she talked about the fact that she wasn't scared of where she was going she knew where she was going she knew what was happening but she was scared of the process of death um Mm. and, and as we talked about it you know it was this sort of idea of she's losing out by by leaving this life she she was very weighed down by this idea and that's where we we talked about this verse and and we spent a long time talking about this verse about this idea that to to live here in this world is to to live for Jesus and absolutely that's what she's going to do but once that's done and and once that's out of her control uh to to die is actually to gain more Jesus right. uh to be with him to to have even more connection with him and and um, and it was something that was very much a part of that mental and emotional coaching that I was doing to to say, look, there is actually something even as you go through this, there's something more. And and she kept coming back to that. She she knew the verse and she understood it, but she needed that reminder of it. And and over the weeks, she would keep coming back to that. Um, even as the drugs were rattling the brain a little bit more, she go, what's what was that verse again that we talked about? What was that thing? Right, yeah. And and, and she she'd keep coming back to it.
0: So, that hope of the future then that obviously animated and affected her in a in a very profound way
1: yeah it it did and 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 I think it was it was just a reminder to say she knew that was fine, but and it didn't change that she didn't want to leave this world, but it gave her the i suppose the courage to go all right, well, we're just going to keep moving forward um and and I think that was the biggest part of that that she could mm. she was rather than being sad about leaving it. She was like, okay, I'm sad about leaving it, but I know I'll also have more, more Jesus, and that's a good thing. And It was just a reminder right. of that. Not that she was necessarily forgetting it, but it wasn't top of mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there was a, there was a real, obviously, hope there because many in our world, uh, to die is to lose everything. Uh, and to many people don't have a hope of a future existence. I mean, one atheist commentator on death said, I've always felt that when I die, I am dead and gone. My conscious life will end, my interactions with others will end, and I will simply be gone so then, to to live and to gain with Christ, I suppose there's a massive difference there, and that's something that was tangible to to her.
1: Yeah, it was, and and um, for her, it was very much about that—that that it was um, this. This is going to continue, this life will continue, and but it it, it continues in a different form. Her soul continues, mm-hmm. even if her body doesn't. And it, it's interesting uh, for me in that moment. It was very much about how for her how she went through. And yet the biggest thing I've gained from past this is that um, as much as I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, I don't think any of us are are desiring death. But I I suppose I I probably was, if I'm honest enough, I was a little bit scared of what it was. And yet the thing I've gained since her passing is I'm nowhere near as scared of death anymore. Mm. And and I know that the the weird thing about but is that I'm like, well, I'll see mum again. And and part mm. of me is like, well, hold on, aren't I a Christian? Shouldn't I be more excited about seeing Jesus like there face to face? But I just realized that there's, you know, we, we were built for connection. And, and that's a part of what God created us in who, who we are and, and that she didn't just um, die and stop. She died and mm. she's gaining more and more and more now. And, and I'll actually eventually be a part of that with her Absolutely. as I pass eventually.
0: So you have just touched on maybe how it's impacted your, yourself because I remember my, when my mom passed away much more unexpectedly and much more suddenly a number of years ago that it did raise a number of big questions in my own life about, you know, faith and meaning and, and the future, et cetera. So have there been any particular big questions that have uh, you've confronted with or you've been pondering? Um,
1: uh, look, w- one question has been, how do I get to sleep? um and and i know it's not quite a in that that sort of meta meta question you're asking of at the moment but
0: oh, they're they're um, connected though i think that's a a good question there's no doubt about it
1: look it's funny i i slept no problems while mum was with us um i cried a lot towards the end but uh, no problems slept no problems all the way up to her funeral the day since her funeral to today i still haven't slept properly I, i i'm take you know i'm taking natural Sleeping tablets and and these sorts of things to try and help. There's been a, a, a massive um, impact of what that is. Mm. Um, the, I think the big question that I'm perhaps asking is, um, aside from the sleeping part of it, is is how do I um, not have any regrets? It's something that I asked myself when I had my kids. Before I had my kids, how do I make sure I don't have any regrets when they grow up that I, I'm one of those dads that says, "Oh, I work too much and I didn't like. I'm I i do not want to do that." Um, no. So. I've been very deliberate about that. And I haven't always succeeded, but I've been very deliberate. And interestingly, I made a decision two days before mum's diagnosis that um, I was chatting with a friend and and she was talking about this idea that she rings her mum every day. And I thought, oh, I talk to mum probably maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks or something. I thought, maybe I should do that. And so I'd made this decision, I'm going to mm-hmm. ring her every day. And, and, I, and I, I said, "Now don't go doing this Clayton and then not actually do it. You've got to really be sure you can. And I thought about it for a couple of days and I went, no, I'm going to do it. And I made this decision, I'm going to do it. And so I rang, rang her and then I rang her the next day. And then on the third day, she got diagnosed and everything changed. And it's mm-hmm. funny that I, I, I was so glad that mm-hmm. I made that decision beforehand, that I'd made a decision not to regret or anything. And it was only two days before diagnosis. And I rang her every single day during it. And and I've actually rung my dad every single day since as well mm. so i haven't missed a day ringing dad now sometimes it's about 11 30 at night when i remember and i've, I've forgotten thankfully it's a late <laughs> night owl and i quickly give him a call but 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 for me it, I, I want to take regret off the table
0: so is regret do you think something that people may be pondering on mother's day as we reflect today about mothers that there may be regrets people have
1: oh look i, I think so I, I i think for me even in that final week with mum going over the fact that i I didn't make that decision earlier was a, um, a really tough moment. I, I was sitting in the hospital in the last week. Mum effectively really couldn't majorly speak. Um, there was a few words here and there, but she, she couldn't really speak. And, and so we'd sit there for hours, each of us, and I would have my moment where I'm just holding Mum's hand and, and she was pretty much out of it and just thinking about it and talking to her about the things that I, I'm sorry, I didn't do, you know, I didn't ring you all the time, whatever. And, and it was a deep regret that was bitterly hurtful for me internally. Um, And there was lots of tears and I realized I had to deal with it and I had to say, look, I I can't do anything about that. I did make that decision and I know she loves me and I can tell her now. Um, And so, you know, I, I think regret is one of those things that does pop up that the positive for me is regret can be dealt with. Now, it can't be dealt with in that it can go and fix everything. Mm. Um, You can't do that. That's the whole point of it, right? The the point of regret is you can't go back and fix it. But what you can do is say, okay, I'm going to acknowledge regret. I'm going to say um, that's an an issue and I feel sad about that and I I wish I'd done something different. I'm going to ask forgiveness if that's what's required. Then I'm going to say this is a moment I'm going to move on from. Mm. And so I, I think Mother's Day can be a day for that. I think it's a day that would naturally and will naturally bring up regrets in 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 a lot of people and i think the hope is that ability and you know it's really a forgiveness model that jesus showed us right of of uh, making sure we forgive and that's a moment that's changed and we move on from here but you know i I think it would and i hope people understand the hope of how we deal Mm. with the regret too
0: Mm. so for you the christian message really offers a a a pathway of dealing with regret It,
1: it absolutely does because i i think um, I think the great, the, the thing I love, or many things I love about the Christian message and, and, and what Jesus yeah. brings, but is this idea that even when we screw up and we all do, there can be a new hope and a new beginning. And, mm. and the thing that I especially love about it is that it doesn't say that by that new hope and that new beginning, it makes everything perfect from behind. It actually mm. acknowledges, actually, that's just really sucky. Uh, that's really cool. awful. And you're not going to just naturally have all the feelings fix. It doesn't immediately fix it. You might have to live with that sadness for a while. But what I can do and what I have got is this ability to say um, uh, there there can be a new start. There can be hope. Um, And even in the midst of that, there can be something positive to walk through, not just head down into a hole of depression.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for sharing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story here, Clayton, and sharing about your mum. Obviously, it's a very difficult and challenging time. And I do hope that yeah, your Mother's Day has been okay, and that's your first one without your mum. Uh, that you can reflect and honour her in in many ways that are positive. So, Clayton, how can I cope on Mother's Day without mum?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the the number one thing is to to start with that moment of of honesty and reality. Where are you at? Be kind to yourself in that moment. If you have that Christian faith, um, dig into that dig into um, asking Jesus to fill you with that peace that he talks about. It's just a, a mm-hmm. chapter or two later uh, from the, yeah. the words that we read there, that um, he, he promises to fill us with peace that passes understanding, that passes our feelings and our emotions and and what those things are as we come to him. And the key next part of it is um, to rely on him, uh, to mm-hmm. be give it, do it in thanksgiving and an act of dependence. And, and I think as we do that, we, we can have a peace and, and I think the the awesome thing about those verses there is that it's a it is a piece that passes understanding. We might not understand why it is there; uh, mm. it, it doesn't quite make sense. Um, so, can I cope? Yes, I can. There's going to be sadness. There's going to be tears. That's the idea. That's that. That's right. But um, we can rest in that knowledge that you know, especially if our mum has had that faith as well, and as we do, that um, you know, to live was Christ, but to die is is truly gain, and that's where what she's living with right now. There's hope there's yeah, hope absolutely
0: it's yeah. let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to the big question how could I cope on Mother's Day without mum from Philippians 121 but to me to live is Christ and to die is gain I look forward to you joining us next time for bigger questions thanks very much to our guest today Clayton B. Ellen thank you Hi, everyone. Rob Martin here, host of Bigger Questions. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you are coping okay amidst the challenges of coronavirus wherever you are in the world. Now, the lockdown has helped us think of ways of getting better connected with you and our listening audience and others who may be keen on asking the bigger questions. So this is a reminder that on 9pm on Monday nights, we're going to be sharing the latest Bigger Questions show as a Facebook premiere on the Bigger Questions Facebook page. Then this will mean if you miss out on the broadcast on radio or haven't listened to the podcast, it gives another opportunity to engage with the big questions of the show. So like the Facebook page if you haven't already and why not set up a watch party? Invite others to watch with you. Comment and ask your questions. I'll be watching the show live on Facebook and responding to any questions or comments. So if you've enjoyed this show, head over to the Facebook page and invite others to watch with you at 9pm on Monday night and let's get more people exploring the big questions of life. Now, finally, if you do want to invest in bigger thinking, and maybe you could support us on Patreon. Now, I realize that a lot of people are doing it tough at the moment, but if you're able, for as little as US $1 a podcast, you can help create better dialogue around the bigger questions of life. So go to patreon.com slash biggerquestions, and we're very grateful for all those patrons who already give to support the work of bigger questions. Anyway, I hope you're going okay amidst these troubling times. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep asking the bigger questions.